0: I'm <laughs>
1: of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Guessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Monday, March 8th. Uh, LA Galaxy entering, I think, the second week of preseason here. No media call scheduled. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Gets you through a whole bunch of news updates, though. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. We have kit updates. We have uh, some some roster things that are happening at the U23 camp that we want to talk about. Uh, Grand Sir rumors hitting a little bit of a fever pitch, as you will. Uh, some weekly schedules, some preseason schedule broadcast updates, some Pavone updates. There's a bunch of stuff to get to today and in order to help me do all that is the man himself mr kevin baxter kev how's it going buddy
0: hey happy anniversary one year anniversary
1: what for for oh since the last time we were actually at stadiums and and doing games and stuff
0: the last soccer match played before a live crowd in southern california one year ago today that's we're recording march 8th it,
1: it feels it feels um it actually doesn't feel like it was that long ago, right? I mean, I'm not crazy to think that that there was that it, it feels like it was yesterday more than it feels like it was a year ago.
0: No, to me, it feels like I was 11 years old when it happened. It feels a long time ago. Actually, the last sporting event with crowd with a crowd uh, in Southern California was a Kings hockey game, which was played on the 11th. Uh, that was the night the NBA ended its season or postponed the rest of its season, and then we woke up on the morning of the 12th. And anyone who lived through that will remember that. Every 30 seconds, some other sports organization was canceling or postponing the rest of the season. We had the NCAA tournament, NHL, baseball stopped spring training, MLS, of course. MLS famously, if you remember, this is where we were with really not knowing what the pandemic was going to do or even what it was. MLS said we're taking a one-week pause and we're going to be back in training camp uh, on Friday. On Thursday, they said it's one-week pause. Training camp will resume on Friday. And as we know, uh, we didn't see another soccer match for another what f- four months before almost almost four months before we started to get MLS back tournament in Orlando.
1: Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it's a it's a considerable break that ended up happening. I mean, uh, all the uncertainty, certainly around the, the the announcement. I remember I did a live show by myself on a Thursday night. Basically, I think that was the day everything got shut down. Um, and was sort of like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, it was it was just question marks. I mean, listen, I'm really proud of the fact that we ended up being able to do shows throughout the entire, um, you know, shutdown and then, you know, have sort of returned to quote unquote normal, um, although not that normal because I'm, I'm still not in the studio. I'm still here. Um, but looking at all that, I, I sit there and say, you know, That was a pretty crazy time, and I think we have a pretty good documentation of what happened in Major League Soccer during that time. So, um, you know, one day uh, somebody will make a video about all this stuff, Kevin. Uh, They'll talk about Major League Soccer during the pandemic, and and maybe they're going to pull a clip of me. Definitely not you, but maybe a clip of me discussing things.
0: No, I'll be frozen like I am on this on this webcam here. No, you're frozen. You're, you're frozen. F- the I'm moving around. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. I was going to say you, this, if you see Kevin dancing on the, uh, on the video series, it's because he's constantly thinking that he's frozen. And so he's like jumping around to make sure that he's not.
0: It's like those mo you know, those uh, those monitors with the lights where you wave your hand and the lights go on and off. It's yes, one of those things.
1: That's that's what it is. Uh, absolutely. Okay, good. I'm glad we got that through. Let's uh let's get to some LA Galaxy news. Uh, let's start as we have started, basically since February 24th, whenever the LA Galaxy launched the community kit with your community kit update. I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of on an island out here, Kevin, in terms of explaining this stuff and being, you know, and being the the source to everybody. And that's fine. I'm just you know, it, it's just, I don't know why it needs to be me. Um, I'll, I'll gladly do it. It's not that, that it's just that, I, you know, at some point I really would expect that all this stuff gets cleared up and, you know, you guys don't need me to tell you what's going on with all these, uh, kits and all the logos and the patches and everything else. I know Ke- this is Kevin's favorite part. He's going to take a nap while I discuss, uh, yeah. kit news again. So you really I know s- how to endear yourself to the listeners. They're super excited about something and you're over there like falling asleep. So good job. Um, Let's get you through Is the this episode. how
0: the players get their kits, by the way? Because if, if so, um, there might be some guys without uniforms for that first game.
1: Can can I tell you that that there was one player. I'll I'll talk about it here at the bottom, which is kind of funny. So just that way we sort of understand anything. But I'm going to give you all the stuff from the LA Galaxy. Actually talked to the LA Galaxy, Chris Thomas today um, about this. Uh, we were on the phone. We had a conversation. We went through all this stuff. So I understand this is as of Monday, sort of you know mid ish on where the LA Galaxy stand on all these things okay. so here we go Uh, if you ordered your kit from the MLS store Kevin which I know you didn't um, but if you did uh, if you bought your authentic kit from the MLS store then it should be coming with both a honey logo and an MLS patch ordering from the MLS store is the only way to guarantee that Okay, I'm just going to tell you straight off the bat which means that the other ones aren't no Adidas store no Nikki's no other place I have found gives you both the MLS patch and the honey patch And by the way, uh, also has one of the better prices on the authentic is from the MLS store, uh, which is about one hundred and sixty five dollars, Kevin, instead of about one hundred and eighty five dollars if you're ordering from the team L.A. store. So if you want. Everything go to MLSStore.com, except you can't because they're sold out. And I've been told that they will update me whenever they uh, they uh, get more stock there. This would be the third restocking because you already sold out first restocking, then they did pre-orders basically for the second restocking, and so now they're into the third restocking, and we don't know when that's going to happen yet. So if you want to guarantee you get those patches. That's the way to do it. If but you, if you
0: order from the Galaxy Store...
1: Yeah, well, I, it, that's another thing that is interesting. Kevin, how how do you understand, because this was sort of eye-opening for me today, so I, I will ask you a question and then have the answer. How do you understand the relationship between the Team LA Store is and the LA Galaxy in terms of um, who operates it and who, who owns it?
0: I know the answer to that question, and it... it, it uh, Dignity Home Health Sports Park kind of tipped their hand a little bit when they started selling charter gear out of there, which is a team not owned by uh, by AEG. So as you told me earlier, it surprised me. But, yes, that store is not owned or run by the Galaxy or by AEG. It's it's a a private company. But my point on the jerseys that the, the ones that come from MLS, the MLS store, have everything on it. Right. But Honey ordered into a very lucrative for the Galaxy deal to right. have that shoulder patch. And the Galaxy now are selling shirts without that patch. If I'm Honey, I'm pretty pissed off because these are people going to be wearing that shirt around Southern California without my advertisement that I paid a lot of money for without that advertisement on the, on the sleeve.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I don't know. At, whenever that got launched, a lot of people were like, good, I don't want that on my kit. But. You know, it's one of those things that if you want the authentic and authentic means it's supposed to look like the players, um, that's what authentic means. It should look like the players jerseys. They're not player issues. They're still issued. They're still different. There's still difference in quality there. Um, But knowing that that's what you're paying the authentic for. So if you go and you order from the team LA store, uh, your kit will not have a honey logo on it and it will not have an MLS patch. The only reason you got a honey logo on it is if you were one of the first 100 people to put in the promo code and get a honey patch, you got 15% off and the honey patch. But that 15% off was less than the standard season ticket member discount of 20%. And it was 10% less than the super duper season ticket holder discount of 25% and i don't know how they decided who got 25 percent and who got 20 percent. i have no idea i just know that there were two separate codes at least that got sent out um, well you
0: lost me way a long time ago with all those percentages
1: yeah yeah i, I know once we get into the numbers <laughs> we lose you kevin but no i it basically so if you order from the Team la store uh you're not going to get any patches on it and if it did come with the honey logo it was because you did it here's what the la galaxy are saying um is basically that that's the way that it's coming and the people who run it i think are rank and rally are the uh on the are the store who operates the team la store and i think rank and rally is either the parent company of or levy is the parent company of rank and rally i don't know which what is who and who's in charge there uh, of the upper but but levy levy is the people who do all the food in the stadium right so there's this like sort of Uh, connection between those uh, companies already doing business with AEG already doing business at the uh, stadium. So you have that connection there. But anyway, Rankin Rally says that they have never had MLS patches, or at least that is what was sort of communicated to me. But we already know that wasn't true. And actually, I questioned that. And there was a question about that. So uh, we're still trying to figure that out 100%. But some people sent me, Kevin, 2019 jerseys that were bought like at the Team LA store in the stadium you know, the the digital, the Night Navy uh, kits that had MLS patches on them. So, I mean, that's a little fuzzy on the math there and trying to figure that out. Here's what the Galaxy are doing, though. They want to try to make that as right as they can. So what they're going to do is uh, they're figuring out a way and they're finalizing this this week. So I got a little early access to this deal. So we don't have everything completely finalized in terms of the details. But the Galaxy are basically going to give uh, fans the chance to take their jerseys Uh, Take them to the team LA store probably at the stadium whenever that opens back up and whenever people are allowed to go do that Um, and for a nominal fee or at least a small fee let's say um, you know I think anywhere between one and five dollars is sort of in the small fee you can get the MLS patch pressed on it and you'll get the honey logo pressed on it. that's that that's sort of the 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 plan there. So that's how they're there should be a,
0: no fee. That should be free, by I, the way.
1: I I don't disagree with you, and one of the reasons I don't disagree with you is that you paid twenty dollars more for a jersey at the Team LA store, and talking with the Galaxy, basically, it's you know the the MLS store um, bakes the cost of that into the jersey. Right, and so the MLS store says basically it's more money to have those patches on there, but it's baked into the cost of the jersey. They know they're going to have to heat press those and heat transfer those along with the number set and everything else. That's why there's an increase from the blank jersey to the letter set, and that's all baked into the cost. And apparently, the Team LA store doesn't have that cost baked into their thing, even though they're charging twenty dollars more then mls is an mls i imagine kevin is still making money off jerseys by by printing them and doing all that right they're probably not losing money no they're on, not for free
0: and, and again if i were honey i'd be a little upset by this whole thing because i don't care if someone in in illinois bought a jersey from the mls store and it doesn't have my patch on it but if there's someone in El Segundo, i want them to have that patch on because that's who
1: I'm advertising to? Yeah, it, you you make one hundred percent sense. I understand that, and and you're right, and that's one of the reasons I would think that Honey would want that to happen, and you know maybe maybe something happens there. We'll see. But anyway, that's the plan right now is is for that to happen. Here's the other updates I have for you. Two other ones: uh, season ticket member discounts. If you ordered from the Team LA store. But you didn't get your code until after you ordered Uh, the Galaxy. Tell me that you can contact the Team LA store with your order number and basically give them the season ticket number season ticket member code. And they will credit you back that money for the for the difference in price. So that was one of the things people were complaining about is that the codes, Kevin, didn't come out until after the Jersey launch, until after they were already sold out. Um, you know, a little bit of a, a, a late sort of thing that got put on there. So, uh, this is the way the galaxy are fixing that. Basically, you can go back and the team LA store will still honor that. So that's right. That's how it should be. Uh, the final thing that I have, so that way it's not 20 minutes of kit talk and we can actually get on to some other stuff is the Julian Araujo 22 kits. Uh, Julian Araujo did. And, and, you know, this is, this is the general, general information I'm giving you. Julian Araujo did switch his number very late. And, and that was one of the things that sort of caused this downstream. There's no excuses there. They're going to fix this. I would love to tell you how you're going to fix it. And they will announce that. And it's coming out in the next couple of days. But all I will tell you is that if you ordered a number 22 Julian Araujo kit, you're going to be very happy with the solution that they came up with. And um, it's what I call a complete solution on that. Uh, in terms of you're going to be taken care of, you will get a, you will get everything that you need to get on that. You you know, the number two and the number 22, you're going to be fully taken care of. And the Galaxy got that one uh, right. So just hold on to that one. And, and I think you'll be fine. But I, I did get told this little nugget, Kevin, which I think you might find funny. It was a very late switch for Julian Araujo. I was told that Julian Araujo himself actually ordered 30 kits with the number <laughs> 22 on them. Uh, because he was thinking he was going to be the number 22 and then he switched it over to the number two. Um, so, so it was a a late switch in terms of everybody sort of saying, oh, he's going to be the number two. And you know, that's going to happen.
0: Okay. Two trivia questions. Who, who was the last person to wear number two? Why did Julian Araujo have to wait to get number two? Perry Kitchen. Right. And then the second thing is when was the last time Julian Araujo wore the number 22 in public?
1: uh the, when the last time he wore the number 22 in public was your your news story that you wrote on was he wearing the twenty the
0: two? farm workers charity and uh in lompoc and i know that because i was looking at pictures and trying to describe the way he dressed and everything and i described him wearing his white number 22 jersey and then as i'm working on the story his announcement comes out i've switched to number two right and i thought oh my god did i get that wrong how did they get that wrong right and I, Went back and looked at the pictures, and now he's still wearing number twenty-two. Yeah. So that was the last time he wore number twenty-two in public.
1: So, so that there you go. That's all the kit updates. Um, you know, I, I think that the Galaxy are doing what they consider the best to to sort of fix all these things and and go through that. Um, you know, it, it was a hugely successful release in terms of how many they sold and all that stuff. So I would imagine that they're going to do everything they can to get it. But if you have any questions. On our website, I have an article that that sort of updates you on all those different things. If you ordered from Adidas, by the way, because people are asking, what if you order straight from Adidas? You're not going to get any patches. Adidas doesn't have any of the patches either. Did you know that? I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is right. I've been talking to a lot of kit people who are who collect kits, and uh, one of our one of my good friends is a, is a sort of a kit collector guy and knows all about this stuff. Uh, is uh, is that um, the people who make the patches and the people who make the numbers are different than Adidas? Right. So Adidas doesn't make the patches and doesn't make the numbers and those number sets that you buy um, usually come if you if you order them correctly, the number sets come. So there are specific MLS fonts. Right. And specific MLS numbers. And then a lot of times you can have the option of ordering those with a patch. Um, so you actually get the MLS patch or you get the honey logo on there. All that stuff has to be ordered separately and then heat transferred on. And I, you know, I'm basically in the mood now, Kevin, where I'm thinking, I'm just going to buy a $1,400 heat press machine and just do all these black market, um, you know, heat pressings for everybody. Um, You make a lot of money. Yeah. So exactly. That's, that's my idea. So I just need somebody to gift me one of those $1,400 heat machines that way. I don't have to pay for that. Otherwise I won't make any money. So anyway, that was my, that was my fun thing that I'm going to do in my off time when I'm not busy doing other things. So uh, that's do, what we got. You know,
0: do you know baseball teams? I would guess other sports too. They travel. The equipment guys travel with a big a big like steamer trunk full of numbers and letters for names and a heat press thing. So if a guy gets traded or called up while they're on the road... They can make a whole uniform.
1: They can make it. Wouldn't they just? Can't they just borrow the one that's at the stadium? Like, can't you? You would think. he would think. I mean, but I would maybe imagine maybe. that's what MLS does. They're sort of like, we'll bring the numbers with us, but you know, just in case somebody gets, you know, we need a different jersey, we need to print another one. We can just, you know, go into the closet and mm-hmm. use the use the heat transfer that's at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park for the visiting team. So, hey, whatever, uh, it, it works. You know, MLB has that big money, so uh, we're going to talk about that. Clinsman. Uh, Jonathan Klinsman is out at the U23 camp, Kevin, with a concussion. This is unfortunate for him because uh, it seemed like he was certainly going to try and make a a real push one to set himself up for the LA Galaxy starting position, uh, but also to to really continue sort of his growth and his career at the at the U23 uh, U.S. Men's National Team as well. So um, that's a that's a big loss for him.
0: Well, a couple of things. I actually had a, I was on a conference call with Jurgen Klinsman the other day. And a lot of people were asking him about what happened in Berlin and, and, you know, that the classic was between Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich was coming up. People asking about them, Uh, you know, those two teams. I actually asked him about his son and how his son wound up being a goalkeeper, because Jürgen, as we know, is one of the the top strikers of his generation. Um, And Why would he allow his son to become a goalkeeper? And he said his son uh, had a little growth spurt when he was about 13 or 14, loved playing basketball, was very good at it, apparently. Um, and played soccer as a forward and then told his dad, you know what? I like catching the ball. I'm comfortable catching the ball. I catch the ball in basketball. Um, that's what I want to do. I want to catch the ball, I want to jump around and roll around on the ground. and that's how he wound up becoming a goalkeeper. But he actually goes to camp when he is out of the concussion protocol and returns to camp. He will go into Galaxy Camp as the most experienced MLS goalkeeper on the roster with four games, right. Uh, we had David Bingham last year, 181 games, 10 years in MLS. Gone now, we have four goalkeepers with the Galaxy on the roster in camp. Uh, all of them together have four games of MLS experience. That's all uh, Jonathan Klinsman. It's,
1: uh, it's an interesting conundrum because certainly they bring in Jonathan Bond, and we had Jonathan Bond on the show, um, who seems like he's more than willing and able to take over as the number one, and I assumed him as the number one whenever he came in. Uh, but having said, said that, I mean realistically you're still looking at somebody like Jonathan Klinsman who can come in and challenge for that starting role. Nothing's knocked down certainly. And, uh, the LA Galaxy have had, I would say, sort of a mixed success, and really, I just all I can think of whenever I think of uh, international goalkeepers coming over from from England or from anywhere else is Carlo Cudacini and what a disaster that was for the LA Galaxy. So I mean, there's nothing given here, Kevin, that we see that says absolutely 100 percent Jonathan Bond is the number one starter. I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that he that he trains well enough, that he does well enough, that he will get to be, um, you know that that uh that guy. Uh, but at the same time, there's there's no guarantee. And so for Jonathan Klinsman even to be taken out of this, in my mind, is is unfortunate for him as a little step backwards at a time when really he needed to be um, in tip-top shape, even though he wasn't even with the LA Galaxy.
0: Well, and the other thing, you know, Donovan Ricketts also came from England. He, he's not English, but he came from England to the Galaxy. He did quite well. So yeah, Couticini, not so well. Donovan Ricketts did well. So it's a mixed bag. But. Uh, Jonathan Bond, in his interview with The Athletic, said, I am the number one. I am going there to be number one. Right. And then he started to, in the in the course of the interview, you can see how he started to walk that back and say, oh, well, there's a lot of great goalkeepers there, and I just say that because I'm confident. Now, I think he comes in, I don't want to say cocky, but, yeah, he comes in confident. He thinks that he came from an English Premier League team, which he did. He didn't come to MLS to, to sit on the bench. Um, and really, when you talk about Jonathan Klinsmann having four games of experience, you know, he he played last year at the end of the season. I, I don't think that gives him a leg up uh, over uh, Jonathan Bond at all. But the, the thing I find interesting is goalkeeper is a position of experience. It's a position of wisdom. Older players, sort of the, you know, um, the, the guys that, that have been around the block a few times. The Galaxy don't have that in MLS. And I think that that could possibly be an issue. You know, they talked last year about how Guillermo came in and didn't have MLS experience and wasn't aware, even though he played here, the travel, the scheduling, all these things kind of threw him for a loop a little bit, and it was difficult for him. And some of the players that came over at First People and some of the other uh, players that came over uh, from overseas, it, that's the kind of stuff that Bond and Klinsman still are going to have to get used to, the travel. Just, we're going back to traveling again this, this season. Uh, presumably. So there's going to be trips to New York and and back East and and Miami and all those things that we didn't have last year. Uh, I'm not saying a goalkeeper at 27, like Jonathan Bond can't, you know, fly uh, 3000 miles and play a game. I'm just saying he's not used to that. It's something that he is going to have to get used to. And there's no one on this roster that can talk him through that as a goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. I mean, the the fact is that Kevin Hartman is going to be their goalkeeping coach. So there is some experience, certainly some experience there from Hartman, but I mean, even that saying that last time Kevin Hartman played, you know the league was a different place as well. So, um, you know, looking at all those things, it, it is going to be an adjustment period, and we'll see if uh, if they can sort of uh, put everything together. I mean, it, it's hopeful. I think everybody's hopeful right now that the LA Galaxy have upgraded at goalkeeper. But when you look at these different. Um, when you look at these different things that are going on in terms of, you know, whether or not you upgraded that position, whether or not the LA Galaxy are going to be better, whether or not, you know, all of these things sort of start to flow together. uh, When you try to put all those things together, I think you find that um, in in some cases it's more question marks than actual upgrades. I mean, there's zero chance right now you can say that Jonathan Bond is an upgrade over David Bingham. Uh, Haven't seen him play. Don't know what he's going to play like. Uh, Jonathan Klinsman was a questionable you know, was he better than David Bingham, you know, and the limited amount of time he got last year in, I think four games or three games and he let in, four. You know, yeah, four games. What is it? 12 goals and in, in like four games. Now again, Galaxy are, uh, the Galaxy defense and just the way that Guillermo had them set up for a lot of this, Kevin was, um, wasn't great, right? This, it wasn't exactly what everybody wanted, um, you know, from, from, uh, you know, the, the LA Galaxy defense and from everything that they were trying to do. So saying that is, you know, have we really seen the best of of Jonathan Bond and my my uh, or, or excuse me, your, uh, Jonathan Klinsman. And the bottom line is, I don't think we can answer that yet. And so there's a whole bunch of question marks on the defense on the midfield and the strikers and certainly at goalkeeper for this LA Galaxy team going into, you know, another season.
0: Well, you know what's really interesting is it used to be goalkeepers and defenders, but especially goalkeepers, were American players. That's, teams did not spend a ton of money on, on goalkeepers. They spent the money on strikers and attacking midfielders. So the, the, the defenders, and especially goalkeepers, came from the United States. Um, when you look at recent history, though, you see teams like the Galaxy, LAFC, other teams that have had really uh, poor experiences recently with their goalkeepers – have strengthened the defensive uh, back line. You know, the Galaxy signed what, three or four guys this year, LAFC likewise, but they didn't change the goalkeeper. In fact, L- uh, the Galaxy's last two goalkeepers they signed came from Europe, they right. weren't domestic players. Uh, the last two goalkeepers, LAFC signed, both came uh, from overseas. Cisniega Mexican, and, and Ramirez uh, comes from the Netherlands. So there seems to be a dearth of US goalkeepers. I can't think of another team in M- M- MLS that has signed a starting goalkeeper that's, you know, a domestic player. Um, So there seems to be a real lack of goalkeepers, quality goalkeepers, and teams are trying to make up for that. Teams like the Galaxy are trying to make up for that by signing a bunch of defenders and just saying if the ball doesn't get through the back line – the goalkeeper never has to touch it. That's how we're going to solve this problem.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it should also be pointed out that for roster purposes, and certainly in the case of Jonathan Klinsman, he is a domestic player. He plays for the U.S. men's, you know, the U.S. men's national team, the under-23 team. Uh, Jonathan Bond, also a domestic player in terms of their roster designations. It's just, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Bond has all of his experience overseas in in the U.K. Um, Klinsman
0: did until he came Yeah. Uh, all his professional experience.
1: Yeah, all his professional experience again was was overseas. Um, but it's interesting how they're both uh, domestic players. And we talked, uh, you know, about Derek Williams um, and how the LA Galaxy on Thursday night. Um, uh, I think Larry was on. Was it Larry? Yeah, it was Larry. God, Thursday seems like it was so long ago. Uh, with Larry on, you know, I, I sort of talked and one of the highlight again that that it seems that Dennis DeClosa, and certainly I'll put this in Dennis's lap, has a list of these dual nationals that can come into Major League Soccer and don't take up international slots and therefore can fit into both of those buckets. Uh, And it seems like he's already pulled two of those people off their list this time. I mean, the difference between the 2019 LA Galaxy, which I think at one point had 10 international players, possibly 11 international players on the roster, and right now the 2020 uh, excuse me, 2021 LA Galaxy, which currently has four international players expecting a fifth to be added here shortly, uh, is night and day in terms of how they're using the dual nationals and how they're using the international slots. Um, and to me... This is a much more successful way of doing things in terms of using dual nationals, not spending your international slots on a whole bunch of different players and, you know, role players and bench players and everything else. But using those slots where you need them the most, which is, you know, in that starting lineup, in that offensive end of things for the most part. So um, for me, it it seems like it's been uh, at least in theory, it's been uh, sort of a home run with that.
0: Well, how are you counting Jonathan Dos Santos?
1: Jonathan Dos Santos currently is an international player.
0: But I understand he's trying to get a visa or at least a green card.
1: Is that still a thing? Because we talked about this, what, two years ago, Kevin, whenever we were at like an MLS uh, an MLS media day and we were trying to figure out whether or not it was happening. He said, no, he wasn't doing it. Is, it. is this now a thing again?
0: Well, I don't know for sure, but a couple of things have changed. One is his brother's gone. Right. Um, and the other thing is, is he told me in the interview we did a couple of weeks ago that he loves it here and intends he has bought his home. He's not renting. Um, he's bought his home and he intends to make his, to you know, retire, you know, when he retires from the game to live here. So it would seem to behoove him in a lot of different ways to at least get a green card, uh, if not you know, actually apply at some point maybe for citizenship. And it's not going to hurt his status with the Mexican national team.
1: It doesn't hurt his status with the Mexican national team. It makes him more valuable within the league, uh, within Major League Soccer. So it makes him more valuable to the LA Galaxy, the fact that he doesn't take up an international slot. And here's a guy who
0: wants to be a captain and a team leader and learn English to do that. I don't know for sure that he's applied for that green card, but all the everything seems to add up that that would be something that he would want to do if for no other reason to, to just make your point to show that I'm I'm committed to the galaxy, I'm going to do this for you guys.
1: Well, and, and by the way, you know, I don't even and, and I want to make it clear. I don't even need him to say that I'm committed to the LA galaxy and that's why I want to do it. He couldn't say that I want to retire in L.A. and eventually, you know, have that green card. And that's what I want. That's that's how I need to do it right now. Let's say he lost his job with the LA Galaxy up to a certain point. He would not be allowed to stay in the United States past a certain time because his his uh, status as the P1 visa is uh, is tied to his employment, Kevin, and his employment as an LA Galaxy player. Uh, So he would have to find either another job within MLS in order to continue that. So, I mean, again. Just for him and his lifestyle that he wants to change, it would make sense. It would help the LA Galaxy out. I mean, if you're looking down the road here, the next contract for Jonathan Dos Santos, and again, he's he said it, and he said it to you, and then he said it to all of us on the media call as well. He said, "My this is my contract year. I, I'm, I'm out of contract at the end of this year. More than likely, his next contract, Kevin, is not a designated player contract. It's a targeted allocation money contract. Uh, and that may extend out for a couple of years um, two or three or four years, even for the LA Galaxy, if they want to do it. But that targeted allocation money contract and not taking up an international slot is super useful to the LA Galaxy. It makes him even better to keep around if if that sort of goes that way at the end of the year. We'll sort of have to have to see how it follows. It just helps him in so many ways within Major League Soccer.
0: And within, as you said, within his personal life, and I believe Mexico is one of those countries that recognizes dual nationals. In other words, if he even if he got citizenship. Uh, much less a green card that that doesn't detract from any of the rights that he has in Mexico. He can own property. He can import things. He can do all those things that he would do as a I believe that's the case that he could do as Mexican National. He could continue to do that as a green card holder. So it, it just I mean, again, we're speculating. Right. Uh, But if he were to do that, I think it um, it would be great for the Galaxy. And I think it would be really good for him, too.
1: Well, let's uh, let's go on from one international player to a possibly next one. Um, El Equip, the French El Equipe. See, that's more Spanish. I keep wanting to say it the French way, but I always feel like no matter how I do it. A yep. French
0: newspaper,
1: a French newspaper. There you go. Uh, but the French newspaper, whenever you're really talking about one that that usually gets things right, uh, is reporting that ba- that the L.A. Galaxy and Samuel Grand, sir, uh, by the way, great last name. Just that is such a wonderful last grand, sir. How are you? I feel like I want to tip my hat like they do in Ted Lasso whenever they're there. Well, I was door. just going to
0: say he sounds like a guy who should be on, on Richmond FC. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. AFC Richmond. Come on, get it right, Kevin. This is this is our show. All right. By the way, uh, somebody did contact us. And say that they started watching it because we talk about it so much on the podcast, and that now it's theirs uh, and their wife's favorite show. Um, so I think it's Bixby who's in who's in our, our Discord all the time. So uh, he said that.
0: Oh, 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 you're gonna jump on me for AFC Richmond. Where do they play?
1: Uh, oh, oh, the, the
0: the dog track.
1: Oh, at the dog track. Is that what it's the called? Greyhound, yeah. Oh, it's the, the Greyhound. It's
0: called the dog track.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you got me there. Good job. All right. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so, um, French newspaper is reporting basically the Grand Sur deal is uh, is done and they pointed out two things that they know about the contract which is something that we did not know uh, I on this side can basically tell you that for the last I checked it was basically done and we were waiting an announcement I don't know if that announcement will happen on Monday it didn't because it's Monday uh, I don't know if it'll happen on Tuesday or if it'll happen this week but it seems to be ready to go so whenever they want to make that announcement they can but here's the information that they had on the 24 year old 24-year-old Frenchman um, who, has, uh, who has according to them signed a contract with the LA Galaxy it will be a three-year deal, Kevin. Now, we don't know if that's one, two, three years, or if it's two plus one, where we always call the plus one an option year, and usually the team has an option. Uh, the the international papers usually don't get into that whenever they're talking about the, the deals that are signed. So it could be a straight three-year deal. It might be a two plus one. However that is, um, we can take a look at that and say... Okay, so three year deal, possibly a two plus one with that option. Uh, however we sort of look at that and however we do it, that's that's what we're looking at. All right? So the three year deal uh, could be that, and then there's also a free transfer, All right? So it says basically in the report that Monaco gets to uh, is releasing him for the rest of his contract. And it's interesting whenever you look at that, because in order for somebody to be released from a contract, um, in order for somebody to do that, there has to be an agreement for both of them uh, to do that. So that means that Grand Sir has to agree that Monaco can terminate the contract and Monaco has to agree to terminate the contract. And Kevin with his uh, with his contract running basically through June of 2023, um, which is quite a ways out, that, there's a significant amount of money that was basically left on the table by Grand Sir for this. Um, So I I don't know. It's just it's it's a very interesting deal to say that Grand Sir was okay with it and Monaco was okay with it, and with both of Monaco and Grand Sir saying that that the LA Galaxy probably put together a deal for uh, Samuel Grand Sir that is. Uh, equal to or or commensurate with what was happening in Monaco. So that way Grand Sir can at least get the same amount of money or he's getting maybe a little bit more money spread out over an extra couple of years and he gets a chance to play. Um, So all of those things seem seem interesting to me.
0: Well, I think one of the the things that Galaxy offered him was a chance to play. He's not playing in Monaco and they're offering him the chance to play. That had to be very attractive at the same time. That's not going to pay the rent. Uh, Bruce Arena was very successful in getting guys like Nigel Young and Ashley Cole to come over because he told them, look, you've already made your money. How much more money do you need? That's not the same case with this guy. He hasn't made a ton of money. He doesn't. He's not set for life. Um, so I, you know, I, I, it's contracts probably going to be worth, uh, you know, a lot of money uh, to probably not everything he would have gotten, but it's going to be worth a lot of money. Another thing you'd mentioned the two, the, uh, the length of the contract with the options, Apparently, Jonathan Bond's contract is two years with two options, and that's very unusual. Standard MLS contract is two years and one option year, which is a club option, which means the player has no say for that third year. Um, So it's really, in in the player's mind, it's a two-year deal. Dennis DeClos is doing some creative things with these contracts. When you look at Jonathan Bond, he's committed to being here if the club wants him uh, until he's 32. That's a pretty big commitment on his part. So... You know, Dennis the is doing some interesting things with the contracts, and and maybe that's one of the reasons he's able to get some of these guys. That he's making a commitment to them, and in exchange, they're making a commitment back to him.
1: Yeah. By the way, uh, I can confirm that uh, once this deal is done, that uh, that Grand sir will be a TAM player. So a targeted allocation money player, he will take up an international slot as well. Um, so a TAM player, which means that we know his salary is somewhere over the max, which is six twelve five hundred thousand six hundred twelve thousand five hundred dollars 612500 is, is what the, uh, the max budget charge, I believe, is right now. Um, and it can go all the way up to, I believe, $1.5 or a little bit higher than $1.5 million dollars. Um, maybe as much as 1.7 in that area, um, and that could be the top of it. So whatever he's making is somewhere in between there. Uh, the bottom line is the Galaxy don't have to pay a transfer fee, Kevin. They don't have to. Um, they don't have to do anything sort of magical in terms of getting more international slots or trading for anybody's rights. There's no discovery rights on this, uh, from what I understand. So the LA Galaxy get this player, and can can we say, Kevin, um, that this player is a question mark? I mean, this is this is a guy who has not played since the summer of the 2020 season. So the end of the 2019 2020 season last year that ended last summer. And now we've gone all the way around to 2021. and He hasn't played a game for Monaco in the 2020 to 2021 season. So uh, there is a gamble there. It's just that at 24 years old, the Galaxy think that perhaps in my mind, they have to be thinking that they have a diamond in the rough there, Kevin.
0: Well, yeah, I think they're t- taking a gamble on a couple of guys. I think you could say the same thing about Jonathan Bond. I mean, he's a guy that's been around and hasn't played a ton of games. Um, you know, he looks good. The, the, the tapes that the Galaxy looked at, they look good. When he has played, he's played pretty well. But we don't know. He hasn't played. He certainly hasn't played every week for a long time. And the same with this guy. This guy reminds me a little bit of Ramon Alessandrini. And I know it's just because he's coming from France and right. plays sort of a similar position. But the price is sort of the same. The idea that he had to get away from his French club with with uh, Alessandrini, there were other issues. But this guy's just certainly not getting any playing. Grant is just not getting any playing time. Um, and, and the Alessandrini thing worked out really well. Uh, I think probably there's some people around the Galaxy wish that he had you know, stayed, even with the injury problems. So it, it, it's clearly a gamble. But I, I think if the gamble pays off, it's a great gamble. If not then we know why he wasn't playing in France. It's, it's, it's tough to say the galaxy are limited by budget. Like all MLS teams are, if you, if you hit it with one of these guys, it's great. But if not, um, You know, it's not like it's not like Arsenal. You haven't lost twenty million dollars.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Kevin, hit your camera button again, and it'll refresh. That way, it comes on. Just hit it once. Uh, I'll try to fix everything while we're while we're doing this. Is the podcast and the video part of uh, of the YouTube and everything else that 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 sort of does that? So anyway, um, so no, I mean, it's really interesting on Grand Sir. It's really interesting on trying to uh, see how this goes together with all these things. So. Um, having said all that, uh, that's where we sit with Grand Sir. Again, we think we are expecting that uh, the LA Galaxy make this official here in the coming days, um, whether it's this week or next week. Uh, i also told that Grand Sir is not yet in the United States, still waiting on visa stuff, but that could happen. Um, and if he's not here in the United States, Kevin, we know that that means that not only does he have to get his visa, but then whenever he comes to the U.S., he has to do his quarantine as well. So there is some time, and I think it's between seven and 10 days um, because seven days with, I think, a negative test um, and 10 days if you just do it without a test are sort of the quarantine period. So uh, there is going to be some time and some lag in all this happening once it is officially announced and things happening. Uh, I'm hopeful it's not like Yoni Gonzalez. Um, where it seemed like it took almost half the year in order to get him in Kevin. But uh, there's still some things that need to happen here. It looks like for Grant Sir to, to officially sort of be added to the roster and, and in.
0: Yeah. We're in a different place with COVID than we were with Yannick Gonzalez. And, you know, another thing, this, I, I know when he gets here. He's going to want to just go right out and play right away. That COVID, uh, uh, quarantine might not be such a bad thing he's coming all the way from Europe maybe sleeping sleeping a couple days kind of get your uh, uh you know get adjusted to the time it might not be a bad thing after all
1: have somebody deliver you some Randy's donuts right you know get the full la experience by the way so uh some good stuff all right so uh there's grand sir we have covered that let's get to the weekly schedule for the la galaxy no media calls scheduled for this week I'm not surprised because it's preseason and it's like, what else are you going to ask? You know that you didn't ask last week. There's not too much, but Derek Williams has signed since then. There are some things that perhaps you'd want to ask about. Um, but that media call looks like it's going to be next week. So it looks like maybe they'll be doing every two weeks and it'll probably ramp up a little bit as we get closer to, uh, to some of the preseason games and that type of thing. And we're going to go over that schedule here in a second. Um, Monday, March 8th. That was today. Uh, the galaxy were training. They're training on Tuesday. As well. Wednesday the team is off. Thursday, they'll be training in the AM. And then Friday and Saturday are listed as off-sites, Kevin. Off-sites, which are always fun. You never know where they could be. Maybe they're gonna be at the beach. Maybe they're gonna they're be up, down at Hermosa.
0: They're going on a field trip. They're going on Maybe a field trip.
1: Yep. Can museum. Mid to the museum. <laughs> yeah, they're going, they're going to the pier. They're going to the pier. I don't know where they're going, quite honestly. Maybe they're going, and I said this should happen. And if this happens. I I will be a little giddy about it just because of understanding what they're trying to recreate. But I said that they should go and try to train basically where Greg Vanny trained out in front of the Rose bowl, where they used to have to walk the field and clean up glass off the, uh, off the grass. And before that, I want to see that video of them doing that exact thing and then training out in front of the Rose bowl again, because, uh, it just it's like the perfect sort of nostalgia tie in. Everything should be there. And Greg Vanny should be out there explaining back in my day, we had to walk uphill to school both ways in the snow. That's that should be Vanny out there talking about the glass and, and cleaning it off. So maybe that's where the offside is. Maybe it's the Rose Bowl.
0: Uh, probably not. But you know what? We're going to talk in a minute about the the new uh, regulations or whatever you want to call them protocols for opening MLS stadiums up. Maybe the Galaxy should play at the Rose Bowl until they can get everybody back, because 20 percent of Seventy thousand is a lot more than twenty percent of twenty-seven thousand. They'd be able to make a lot more money by playing at the Rose Bowl.
1: You just want that because it's closer to where you live. So no, that's true. I, it's I, very close. I, I veto. I veto uh, there. I don't want to deal with the parking, even when there's only twenty percent people there, um, for sure. All right. Uh, LA Galaxy preseason schedule. Buried today in the press release of the schedule was the broadcast schedule for the LA Galaxy's preseason games. Now, we told you on Thursday what all the preseason games would be the day before they came out. Uh, We'll go over it again Uh, Saturday, March 20th. The LA Galaxy will host the San Diego Loyal. That game is at 12 p.m. Pacific time on March 20th, and it will not be broadcast. All right. At least right now, there's no plans to do it. It says N.A. Not available. That one's not happening, and I didn't expect it to. But... Of the remaining five games the LA Galaxy play, I think there's a good chance for all five of them to be televised in some form Saturday March 27th the LA Galaxy I believe will host the New England Revolution at Dignity Health Sports Park against Bruce Arena coming back to Manhattan Beach Um, and Hermosa Beach that way he can you know drink some wine and call me John Guzman again Um, so at 7 p.m. Pacific time that game will be broadcast on Saturday March 27th on Spectrum Sportsnet Kevin Uh, so that I imagine that they'll even be playing that in the main stadium being they're going to have actual real cameras and they'll use all the real camera positions maybe we'll actually get to go Go to that game and cover it. Who knows? Exciting time. Megan
0: Megan Reza will
1: not be there. She she will not be. She was on our show. So she she told everybody. Um, Here's the thing. They play the New England Revolution again in a closed door scrimmage. 7 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. So the following Wednesday, March 31st, 7 p.m. Pacific time, that game will be broadcast on lagalaxy.com. So there is that you will be able to watch that game as well. Then the L.A. Galaxy will head to Tucson, and I wanted to make sure that we had uh, had the thing that I forgot to put up last time, but they are playing the Sun Cup, uh, the Visit Tucson Sun Cup, uh, and this is a familiar place for the LA Galaxy who have been back there. I think this is the same place where they held the Desert Diamond Cup at one point, um, so we had all of that stuff to sort of talk about, but the interesting thing here um, is that at least one of those games, Kevin, looks like right now um, that it will be uh, broadcast on uh, la lagalaxy.com and that is the last one Saturday April 10th
0: but you know another thing about those games spring training games now have fans my guess is you could probably go to these games
1: we due to health and let me let me quote from the website for right now due to health and safety regulations media and limited fan attendance are soon to be determined all right so that is where they're at right now but I am with you. There will be fans there. I don't know how many, uh, but I know some people are actually planning on going. And so we'll see if that ends up happening uh, and you can go and actually do it. But uh, the LA Galaxy have three games they're going to play there. uh, Saturday, April 3rd against Sporting Kansas City. That's a 12 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. And Wednesday, April 7th, that's a 3 p.m. Pacific time kickoff against the Colorado Rapids. Those two, the broadcast schedule is TBD. Um, I would imagine that all the games there will be broadcast in some form, but at least one game over the air on, uh, on Well, I shouldn't say over the air on cable uh, for spectrum sports net and at least two games on LaGalaxy.com of the six. So of the six, you have three right now and I think there's a good possibility that you could get four or five of those um, to actually do that. So,
0: but you know, you know what I want to see this preseason. I want to see the galaxy play the reigning, MLS cup champions, a little bit of a rematch against Jesse's artists and Perry kitchen. You
1: think that might be able to happen? Uh, l- let me just say that there is, there is the, a good possibility. There is a super se- secret, secret closed door scrimmage uh, that the LA galaxy will be playing against the Columbus crew. And uh, if that happens, one, it will not be televised. Uh, but two, it probably won't look much like a game either. It'll probably be some one of those weird 20, 20, 20 games where they play each play 20 minutes and it's three different teams and blah, 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 all that stuff. But yes, I do think that there's a good possibility of uh Caleb Porter and Jossie artists and Perry Kitchen uh, going up against uh, the LA Galaxies. Hector Jimenez still... No, uh, didn't Hector go down to Austin? I think he went down to Austin. But anyway, yes.
0: So I wonder if if they do the 2020... Let's use Jossie at right back for one of those <laughs> just, just minutes. Just to
1: taunt the galaxy. I think that's yeah. a great idea. I, I think that's a great idea. I Having covered that time in LA Galaxy history with Siggy Schmidt moving Jossie Zardes to right back, uh, I often sit there and shake my head at that and say, yeah, I mean... I get why they did it. And listen, Yossi's artist needed a change of, of scenery. That was 100%. Absolutely sure that that was going to happen, um, that he needed that in order to be successful. So I'm not sure he could have resurrected his career at the LA Galaxy, even if they had the best coach. Actually, that's not true. They probably if they had the best coach. Um, let's get to the uh, to the MLS schedule. And you you've been sort of paying attention. The One of the big hiccups that we've been seeing, Kevin, is that we didn't know whether or not or where the Canadian teams would be playing. And at least so far, we have two of those uh, questions answered.
0: Yeah, we, we know that Toronto is going to play. They're going to be based in Orlando, actually place just outside of Orlando. They're going to be at a resort that has soccer fields right behind uh, the hotel. So they're going to be – that means they don't have to share a training facility with Orlando or Orlando City. Uh, so they're going to be training there. They're going to play some games in Orlando City Stadium. They're going to play some games in Tampa. So Toronto now is going to be based in Orlando. We just found out today, Monday, that Montreal – is going to go to Fort Lauderdale. They will use apparently use Inter Miami's training facility and maybe uh, some other facility there. Perhaps FIU. I know a lot of uh, the, the U.S. national team has used FIU before, uh, and they will play their games apparently in Fort Lauderdale as well. Why are they? And we don't know where Vancouver is going to go, but this is one of the things that's been holding the MLS schedule up. There has been a ban on non-essential cross-border traffic between the US and Canada since last March, and there was uh, the, the Biden administration has put a task force together to work with the, with the Canadians on solving this issue. They have not done that yet. They've extended uh, the ban to the end of this month, and so the two Canadian teams said, we can't wait any longer. They've moved down here. We don't know where Vancouver's going to go. They went to Portland last year, but now that MLS has some, some clarity that uh, it doesn't look like those Canadian teams are going to start the season in Canada. I think uh, we should see the schedules come out pretty soon. And uh, Bob Bradley talked at LAFC's media availability today about how he expects it to be closer to a real MLS schedule. He doesn't anticipate that it's going to be a full regional schedule like it was last year. It may start out that way, but he expects to see cross-country flights fairly soon into this MLS season. And so that would affect the Galaxy as well. But I I think we're going to see a schedule now real soon now that we know the Canadian teams will start their season in the U.S.
1: Yeah, it it, it seems to be leaning that way for sure. Uh, But the big news, obviously, here in Southern California is that when the L.A. Galaxy return on April 17th, we don't know where that will be, if it'll be at home or if it'll be awake, Kevin. Uh, But there is a chance that fans could be at the stadium at Dignity Health Sports Park.
0: Well, not just a chance. It will happen according to Governor Gavin Newsom. On April 1st, he has cleared uh, amusement parks and outdoor outdoor sports arenas you're not going to see a laker game a clipper game a king's game this year probably but they have cleared outdoor stadiums to welcome in fans and it goes based on the tier there are four tiers as people if you don't know this you should know this there are four tiers based on the coronavirus activity in your county uh there's the purple tier that's the most restrictive the highest concentration of coronavirus activity so this purple red is, is the next one Orange and yellow. Yellow is basically everything's back to normal. Um, L.A. County and Orange County right now, they are both in the purple tier, the most restrictive tier. Even if they don't come out of the purple tier, uh, the Galaxy will be able to have 100 fans at their first game. We don't know when that is. The season opens April 17th. We don't know if the Galaxy will be home or away. But the first game, Gavin Newsom says maximum 100 fans can come, even if you're in the purple tier. Um, We expect L.A. County to be in the red tier by – early April, uh, certainly by mid-April when the Galaxy would would presumably play their first game. The red tier is a little bit more forgiving, 20% capacity in the stadium. For a stadium like uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, that means I think around 5,400 people can come. There are certain restrictions. You have to live in the area. There are restrictions on the, the kind of concessions that can be sold, food, and those kind of things. You have to wear a mask, of course. That, by the way, will be strictly enforced. I've heard of fans being ejected in other states from sporting events for not wearing a mask. So you will need to wear a mask. Um, uh, And you know there'll be social distancing. So about 5,400 people if we're in the red tier. If it goes to the orange tier, the next one up, 33%. uh, And you see it'll grow. Yellow tier will be 67%. So there will be fans that first game. We don't know. Will it be 100 or will it be 5,400 or maybe even 10,000 if they If you know, or near 10,000, if they go to the yellow tier, uh, or excuse me, the orange tier, but there will be fans at that first game. There'll be certain restrictions. The Galaxy put out an announcement. They really don't know how they're going to do this. They have an idea. It's going to be season ticket holders. I don't know how they determine first come, first serve, whether it's if you've been a season ticket holder the longest, you get the first chance. Presumably, once they cycle through all the season ticket members and uh, find out how many people want tickets, if there are some tickets left over, my guess would be those would go on sale to the general public. I don't know that the galaxy are scrambling a little bit. I think all MLS teams are all sports teams in the state. The galaxy have said privately that they did not expect to have fans back in the stadium until June. Right. And Gavin Newsom's announcement came kind of suddenly at the end of last week. Um, uh, what I was told is the MLS teams were allowing the major league baseball teams. There's five major league baseball teams, as you know, in California. They're the ones with the big money lobbyists and the lawyers and all that. They were, they were riding Gavin Newsom's office pretty hard to try to get this stuff open for opening day, which is April 3rd. Uh, the MLS teams were just basically following behind baseball saying, you know, we too, we too, we would like to do that as well. If you're going to do it for them, can you do it for us? Our stadiums are smaller. Um, didn't get involved a lot with the lobbying because they didn't have the clout, the Major League Baseball teams did. But once baseball succeeded, MLS was able to ride in behind them. And then we'll see a college team, you know, college soccer, college baseball they'll be allowed, uh, allowed to have fans back based on the capacity of their stadiums as well.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's super interesting. I, I will tell this. I was talking with the Galaxy today. Uh, they were having discussions in the weeks prior to this about the fans coming back. Um, so that that was an interesting sort of part. But I, I, like you said, nobody expected to have it happen so quickly and so suddenly. So, yeah, it was. It, it's all of a sudden hurry up and catch up because you're already behind. So with Newsom making that announcement, that's sort of where uh, the Galaxy have, have landed on that one. So very interesting in terms of, well, uh, of, of that.
0: Let me throw this out there, and, and I, I don't expect you to have an answer. I don't know that anybody has an answer, but I just find it so interesting. When everything shut down on March 12th, of last year. That was, again, March 8th, today, the day we're recording. This is the one-year anniversary of the last soccer match. But the last sporting event with fans was March 11th. It was a Kings game. Everything shut down on March 12th. On March 12th, 1,300 Americans had tested positive for the virus and 38 people had died. And the sky was falling. We had to shut it down. And I think that was correct. We had to take this virus seriously. And people were freaked out. And we shut soccer down for four months and uh, every other sport. And restaurants closed and all that. Now we're going to open up. Now we've been given the, the the green light to open up. Where are we now with the infection? Well, infections are at 29.7 million. 537,976 Americans had died as of Monday morning from the coronavirus. Globally, it's two um 2.6 million uh, people have died and 39 times that number have been infected. And now all of a sudden it's safe to go back. I mean, I get it. We have to go back to normal at some point. And uh, with the Biden administration promising to vaccinate, vaccinate every adult who wants a vaccine by by late May, it's probably a good idea to start cranking it up and, and getting back to normal. But it just, I, I just can't get beyond the fact that 39 people had died on March 12th and we had to shut everything down. And now we're talking 537 a uh, thousand Americans have died and we're going to open back up again.
1: Well, we'll think of how much uh, more unknown everything was. And that's really where, where the difference is, right? You didn't know how it was going to be. Listen, I'm not saying that it hasn't uh, greatly exceeded what perhaps people thought uh, could be possible in terms of the death count, in terms of all of the things that happened, but we also are pretty comfortable with understanding what those those measures are to stay safe as well and certainly we understand that being outside is better than being inside we know that wearing a mask is better than no mask uh we have all these things that we've sort of taken a look at kevin and and sort of understood um that you know gives us i think a little more comfort in terms of how we interact and how we do things and then certainly the amount of people who are getting vaccinated every day is far outpacing right now. Uh, the number of positive cases that are showing up. Um, so if you add all those things together, you know, you can see that there is more light um, than darkness here at the end of the tunnel. Although, you know, we're, we by no means are we at, we out of anything. Um, and in fact, they're talking about possible surges because of spring break coming up and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we're getting closer, um, you know, I have said after I went and covered a game, uh, that I felt totally safe, and you know, granted there were like thirty of us in a in a stadium that holds twenty five thousand plus people, um, so I understand that I would be fine with fifty one hundred people in that stadium, um, and I would have probably zero issues with it. And I don't consider it a very high risk situation, and you know, I'll be there covering, and I haven't been vaccinated yet, so um, you know, hopefully that'll happen here shortly, and and I can have even more sort of assurance that everything will be fine. But I think we're going to be wearing masks and sort of doing this reduced capacity thing here for for a considerable little stretch uh, as we as we ramp through the summer and hopefully uh, get a hold of everything before the fall
0: you know if they had a 5100 people at a chivas usa game they would have thought hey what was there a giveaway how come how <laughs> so many people are here yes but you know i went to a restaurant my wife and i went to a restaurant last night we ate outdoors of course we wore a mask we sat in the corner um i i felt safe i did the social distancing i didn't sit near anybody we sat in the corner was outdoors the waitress had a mask on the whole time we wear a mask all the time yeah, um, I'm not saying that we need to continue to be frightened about it. You're right. We didn't know anything then. We know a lot more now. I will tell you that I feel a lot better um, when I see people out in the street, out and about that are wearing masks, you know, that are acknowledging the social distancing, that don't come up and try to shake hands or all those kind of things. Maybe those are the things that we're learning, but I definitely do feel like um, it's not 100% safe yet, but we need to start transitioning and getting back. It's just like when you... Uh, um, if you know anybody that has broken a foot lately,
1: or two feet or two, did you ever tell everybody you broke the other foot either, by the way? I know, I know you don't want to tell everybody, but I figured I'd just bring it up.
0: Well, my, before we finish the story, we okay. have to transition. Just like when you break a leg, you need to start moving the the muscles and getting them going again. I think we're kind of at that stage with coronavirus, but yes, I do have, I am completely out of functioning feet. I did break the first foot that, uh, was, uh, uh in a tragic jogging accident. Yes, um, tragic. and then I, I broke the other foot with, uh, with the crutch. Right. Uh, it was a toe on that foot. I wish I could say that I was running into a burning house to save orphans. But I was not. It was a jogging accident followed by a crutch accident.
1: I, I, I'm going to I'm going to make you feel better. And I really I really don't want to make you feel better. I really want you to live in this hole. I broke two feet and your doctor told you that 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 doesn't really happen all that often um, and stuff like that. I will say, however, that my wife did the same thing whenever she was younger. So she broke one foot and then then whenever she was on crutches, I think she fell down like getting in and out of the bus and broke the other foot foot legs the doctor did
0: say that that is actually very common that you break a foot and then you break a hand because you trip or you fall and you know whatever so but two feet is is pretty rare it's i got the hat trick
1: you got the hat trick you had two things happen and you had got the hat trick you know the hat trick comes in threes so what else did you break a finger a a brain cell something something for sure (laughs) Um,
0: okay, I got a, I got a brace, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, there you and go. And I'm wearing a brace, too, so.
1: Very, very timely. All right, let's get to um, the last sort of, um, one is, and I think that maybe we talked about this and maybe we didn't, but somebody on the Discord was asking questions about Mauricio Cienfuegos. Somebody was asking why there wasn't any pictures of Mauricio Cienfuegos with the new community kit on either because you would think that if you're doing a throwback, you sort of want, you know, Cien to, to, to meld the new with the old together that you'd want it. Somebody asked about Mauricio goes. I just asked a question whether or not he left the club or not. And the answer is yes, he did leave the club apparently last year. I don't remember talking about it. Um, I asked some people if they remember hearing about it and they said no. So I just want to get it back out there that Mauricio Cienfuegos is no longer with the LA galaxy. He was helping coach, um, in the academy system, um, and sort of, you know, uh, sort of helping those, those young players out, uh, as they develop their striking skills. So, uh, but however that is, I don't know all the issues. I just wanted to put it out there. So that way you can't say that I didn't talk about it. Maybe I talked about it way back when, and I don't remember, but well, uh, it was, it was a, a surprise to me whenever I found out. So I'm, thinking that we didn't talk about it uh, if indeed it was ever out there. But I just wanted to point that out. And if we can, we'll find out more information. But that's all the information I have right now is that he's no longer with the club.
0: Uh, And we we don't know why and nor do we know really where he went.
1: Uh, Yeah, there, there was an announcement for like another club team, I think, in Southern California. Um, that said that Mauricio Cienfuegos was coming to be the coach or the assistant coach or something like that to these to this uh, other academy. And with MLS next coming on, that doesn't surprise me either. So maybe there's some whole tie to everything as it goes. But uh, regardless, he's not with the LA Galaxy anymore. And so we'll we'll figure out some more information. Maybe that'll be one of those things that we update you over the next like two months as we find little bits and pieces of uh, information on that. Uh, let's get to uh, Christian Pavon, because I know we're, we're just about at an hour now. Um, so I want to press through the last five or six minutes minutes talking about Christian Pavone, and there is a Christian Pavone update. Uh, we haven't had one in a while, and I was starting to think that maybe things would just sort of, uh, you know, get get uh, get normal again, and that charges or, or that any per, uh, supposed charges would get dismissed, um, that the LA Galaxy's continued pursuit would be that, and it would be fine, and everything would be good. That's not what happened. And today there were a bunch of reports coming out of Argentina uh, about Christian Pavone and uh, basically that he was formally charged. And we use that in the American uh, judicial system sense, and it could mean something different in the Argentine uh, criminal system, and so understand that we're trying to make the comparisons between what's happening here in the U.S. and sort of how that would l- relate to things in Argentina. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, John Rojas. Of course, you know that we talk about him all the time, especially whenever we're talking about Ar- Argentina and about uh, Christian Pavone has been doing a great job uh, keeping track of this, and so he's been contacting Christian Pavone's lawyers and has been putting out some some different things. So here's what we know right now: uh, Christian Pavone was charged. Uh, formally charged and will have a day in court on March 23rd. That's basically to answer the charges against him and to give his statement, uh, probably like if you would think of it as a deposition or something under oath to the court. Uh, He's going to tell his side of the story with it. Um, when we say he's been charged with a crime we shouldn't view that sort of in the same sphere as we look at in the united states where you know you're uh, accused and then you're charged and then you're tried and that's sort of how this goes and so uh, while there are the 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 uh, accusations against him include um you know the sexual assault and actually um sort of called out as rape charges against him in argentina um that this woman has has levied against him uh is is a serious step towards uh you know getting this to trial and basically talking to uh the judges and for somebody to to effectively rule on this case eventually of whether or not there's merit for it to even continue and that's sort of where we're at right now it's preliminary stages kevin where they're going to go in they're each going to tell their sides of the story and then the judge is going to sort of figure out whether or not this case there's something to this case and it and it moves forward or the prosecutor's office is going to move this forward. So well, that that's where we sit right now.
0: As I understand it that what you're trying in trying to explain the situation, I, I think he's been sort of named or accused, but not formally charged. Maybe that would be one way to say it that, that there hasn't been the decision necessarily by the court to bring this case forward. I believe right now it is a is it a civil or is it a pr- she has a personal lawyer. It's not a civil case at this now, point, it,
1: is it? it? It seems like that that in Argentina that those things that she has a lawyer and that he has a lawyer and that I believe that the prosecutor's office is the one who charged. And the prosecutor okay. does the investigation um, and also does the does the charges and sort of brings this to the court. But it's the prosecutor who sort of figures out, I think. Uh, fact and fiction. This is I, this is way out of my league in terms of this stuff. Uh, trying to figure um, out exactly how it works, but the bottom line is that Pavone's lawyers before this were saying, "Listen, he hasn't been formally charged in this. He has no travel restrictions, and so everything. You know, this is this is going the way that we thought it would go, and you know, there's nothing to this." And as a defense attorney would in, in put into for their client now. Um, John Rojas went out and got another statement from the lawyers. Um, the lawyer said, and this is from John Rojas's uh, Twitter account and uh, and what he said. He said, uh, what was announced today is technically what we need in order to be able to exercise properly his, as in Christian Pavone's, his right of defense with respect uh, to constitutional guarantees, as well as to the con- as to contest the accusations against him and offer all the proof of defense. So, it's Pavone's lawyers right now, Kevin, trying to spin this and saying, this is what we wanted, um, that we want to get this out in front of a judge. We want to get this out in front of the, we want to be able to tell our side of the story. We want somebody to rule on this. That so way it can go away. because um, we're confident that we don't have any issues with that. That's, That's the spin they're trying to put on it. And I made that same argument at one point before I had even heard this. Having said that, this still feels like a very positive spin from the legal side, from uh, Christian Pavone's lawyers on this.
0: Yeah, it feels to me like an um, escalation uh, from the accuser that that she's pushing for this thing to go forward. And Pavone's attorneys, as I understand it, have kept saying at every step, no there's nothing here there's nothing here at one point it looked like the judge was going to clear him to travel and then when the judge said no uh pavone's lawyer said well that's fine we're going to stay here and fight this so it does seem as if it's escalating it does seem as if they're trying to spin it and put a, a you know a sort of a good happy face on things if they can but but you know to cut to the chase where does this leave the galaxy well i think that they've always had plan b And I think they're getting ready to execute plan B. I think they're probably still talking to Pavone and his agents. And we still don't know if Boca Juniors has signed off on a permanent deal yet. All that stuff is up in the air. This certainly clouds that. And we've talked about this a lot. And I think we're still both of the agreement that um, Christian Pavone deserves his day in court. But this is a really, really dicey situation for the Galaxy if they get this wrong. It could hurt more than just their record next season. It could hurt the reputation of the club going forward.
1: Yeah, you know, it's not a very podcasty thing to say, but it was mentioned in the Discord, and it was so accurate that I feel like it should be repeated. Is that you don't have to pick a side here. You don't have to be on the side of Christian Pavone. You don't have to be a side uh, on the side of his accuser. You can sit there and wait for this to play, pay out or play out, um, and you know, sort of, and, and let the chips fall. Now, the LA Galaxy. I believe, don't have that that leeway in a lot of ways because every time that Christian Pavone's name is being mentioned in this, the LA Galaxy are being mentioned. Um, every time there is a news article about Christian Pavone and the sexual assault allegations, uh, there is a news that, you know, that the LA Galaxy are being mentioned. So the Galaxy's name, whether they are interested in Christian Pavone anymore or not, which last count they were, um, are being mentioned in all of this stuff. And so, listen, if you're Christian Pavone, and you're innocent you want this to go to trial as quickly as possible you want this to be over with so that way you can be cleared um so that way you can go on with your life um but at the same time you know if you're the la galaxy uh, you know may, uh, again we've talked about this i've always said that i thought it was real dicey and a, and a dangerous situation for the galaxy to sort of make uh to associate themselves with christian pavone while all of this is going on so well
0: the, the thing you said from the discord is true we can wait till this all plays out but dennis de close maybe doesn't have that luxury Put yourself in his position for a second. Let's just – we can't put the charges away, but let's just try. I'm not trying to, to minimize the charges or anything. Dennis DeClosan may have to make a decision. Boca may came to him and said, do you want the guy? you got to make up your mind now before the case is resolved. If Dennis says no, he's passing up on his leading scorer, his leading assist guy, a, a, a World Cup striker from Argentina. He's passing up on that. Right. And if, if Pavona is totally acquitted and everything goes away – Dennis missed that opportunity. But if Dennis says, you know what, I believe the lawyers, I don't think anything happened. I think it's, I think that everything's gonna be resolved in court. I'm gonna pay that guy, I'm gonna give him whatever $10 million right now. Let's move forward. And then turns out the charges are true, and, and Christian Pavone is, is sentenced. Maybe he doesn't go to prison. Maybe he's allowed to, to come out on parole and play. Then what the galaxy do? They got to pay him the ten million dollars. They can't play him. They can't bring him here. So Dennis de Close is in a real tough situation. He has to, probably has to make a decision before this is resolved. Um, you certainly would want to err on the on the side of caution. I would think it'd be much better probably to pass up on a World Cup striker than it would be to to, to hire a guy you know who's found guilty of sexual assault or worse. But it's a tough situation. Uh, there's you know it's it's hard. I don't want to feel sorry for Dennis there's a lot more big fish to fry in this whole case but it's just i guess the point is it's not it's not clear cut at this point and may not be for a while
1: yeah it's not a uh, reminder the MLS transfer window does not open until March 10th so we still have a couple days before it even opens it does not close until June 1st there's plenty of time in there Uh, it's about whether or not the LA galaxy, I mean, listen, the, the argument might be made that if you, you, you can afford to wait to summer to fill the DP slot for the LA galaxy. If you think that they're not, you know, a a game changing again, Greg Vanny thinks six to eight more players. They basically signed one and maybe another one comes in, um, with grand Sir. So that's, you know, four, to six more players the la galaxy are expected pavone may have been one of those uh but if you can make it with you know seven players instead of eight players and you make it to summer not only do you have a chance to pick up christian pavone again in the summer transfer window which you would assume that uh everything is sort of played out by then um although we've heard cases like this can take years to prosecute to try um and to get everything done but in the summertime you also have some guys who are coming off of their uh european and and uk seasons uh, so you have a chance to sort of reload with another designated player there. The only problem is the galaxy sort of lose that, um, you know, in, in the in the meantime. And with the U-22 rule coming into play as well, Kevin, maybe you don't sign a third designated player. So that way you can get three players at the under 22 rate. Um, So that's another strategy issue as well that you could possibly play out. Uh, if you get it, if you sign a third designated player, you can get one under 22 guy if you only have two Um, and maybe one of them is a young DP or you have an open designated player spot. You can get up to three, uh, under 22, no acquisition fees on transfers and, and a very low salary cap. So listen, there's a lot of different ways to sort of do this and be patient. I think being patient in this year probably pays off, uh, more than having to make decisions right now.
0: That whole U22 thing. It's just like the Jersey launch. I'm totally confused, but you know, another thing to take in consideration is the season's starting six weeks later than normal, so there isn't that that pressure to get things done now because you're not you're going to get into the summer at twelve or 15, we don't see the schedule yet, but presumably get into the summer at twelve or fifteen games, not halfway through your season.
1: Yeah, it, absolutely, and that's throwing everybody's calendar off. It's like your body clock is telling you that MLS should be starting here pretty soon, and you're like, no, it's not. It's still it's still starting later, so everybody can can freak out a, a little bit later. So April seventeenth, uh, LA Galaxy uh, getting ready to to really start some of those uh, those preseason games, going through training, all that stuff. Uh, there should be a media call next week. Um, We'll see if any of this other stuff sort of kicks off in the LA Galaxy and get a few more signings by by the uh, wayside. FYI, uh, Victor Vasquez has been linked with the LA Galaxy. Again, uh, 34-year-old Victor Vasquez, who's, I think, playing somewhere in the Middle East. Uh, This is a different type of player than Giovinco. I just want to throw that out there. So you can't say... Uh, you know, the argument there when I told you that the Gala Galaxy weren't interested in Giovinko was that he was 34 years old uh, and that he was coming, you know, to play and perhaps his best days were behind him, but that would be a designated player sort of guy there. Uh, Victor Vasquez, an attacking midfielder, uh, central attacking midfielder. Maybe if you put him with Sasha Clestion, that gets you one whole person. Um, in terms of the ability to play every single minute of every single game between those two guys. Maybe it's not horrible. Maybe that's what the LA Galaxy want. Maybe they want some veteran leadership, that type of thing. I have not heard anything or been able to verify anything on Victor Vasquez. So uh, as a matter of fact, somebody in the Discord just hit him up on Instagram and said, hey, are you coming to the Galaxy? And he's like, uh, I haven't heard anything yet. So I don't, it yet maybe means there's something, but I, I, I wouldn't fall into that category yet.
0: By the way, you did not... Um come with your homework assignment your homework assignment if you remember was to pick the 16th outfield players who will make the u.s women's uh, olympic roster oh yeah so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you another assignment but you have to answer now you mentioned next week's uh media conference who do you think the the star player will be you think chicharito finally yes uh, makes a season debut yes yes i'm
1: feeling it chicharito by the way i am i am pressing rather rather hard on the LA galaxy to get Chicharito on this podcast. I feel, I feel like if he's doing the sort of, you know, public PR redemption tour that he wants to do, which he's doing on Instagram, then being on our show can't be any worse than Kevin being on the show all the time. So, so, <laughs> you know, probably a lot better, probably a lot better, definitely better. We'll get better ratings for sure. You know why he
0: has two functioning feet too, which is always <laughs> a
1: big help. I don't know. After last year, somebody might argue with that. So uh, oh. we'll see, we'll see. He's, he's looking like he's in really good shape. Um, but it would be interesting to have him on and talk for, for 10 or 15 minutes with him. So we'll, we'll keep pushing on that. Also trying to get, uh, Derek Williams on the show. That's another one we're pressing to get. Cause we want to talk to Derek. Uh, certainly want to hit up on, up on that Rob Robbie Keane angle and and how much he talked to Robbie about coming to the LA galaxy and everything else. It's just a fun sort of thing to Say that you know Derek Williams is following in the footsteps of Robbie Keane. Whenever you think about Irish national team player um, and coming over to the LA Galaxy, but that dual dual citizenship uh, certainly with his his mom being American or excuse me, his mom was Irish, his dad was American um, is an interesting little tidbit as well. Same sort of thing with with Jonathan Bond. So a lot of fun stuff. Hopefully we'll get some of that done and across the line here pretty so soon. So is, is
0: Jonathan Bond then following in the footsteps of of uh, David Beckham by your? your philosophy there
1: maybe i don't know that one seems like more of a stretch than than Derek williams does to 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 uh robbie Keane. but hey you know whatever whatever gets people to listen i'm fine with it all right uh kevin is there anything else you want to talk about or can we be done we got to
0: get williams next week because it will be two uh, the, the the pod will go up the day before saint patrick's day
1: and that's that's definitely okay i will i will work on it Work. I will effort behind the scenes, as they say. Effort behind the scenes. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And please head on over to the LATimes.com. All of his writing right there. You can find it, LATimes.com. He writes about soccer. Follow him, U.S. Women's National Team, U.S. Men's National Team, uh, the other team in Los Angeles. You can find it all there, Times. Com. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, JGuesman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to corner of the galaxy.com where you can find all of our articles, all of our podcasts, all the updates on the community kit is there as well. All right, for Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato Guesman. You are listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on corner of the galaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy Podcast on corner of the